Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter more about alcoholism, page 42, the second paragraph. Then they outline the spiritual um, program, ending with, as in fact it proved to be, reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Gloria B., the 12 Traditions, Stacy H., reading the text are Dara L., Kathy S., and Vanessa G. And the newcomer greeter is Susan S.H., and the host of the second hour is Barbara P. The reference numbers for Monday, November 14th, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,638. That's 19638. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 19639. That's 19639. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, (coughs) excuse me, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gloria B. to read the 12 steps. Gloria, star one. Good morning, Miss Gloria B. Missouri. Uh, grateful. Well, recovering from both of our readers. Twelve steps of overeating anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asking to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except one to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. We understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And so, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to share this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Have a great day. Thank you, Gloria. I will now ask Stacy H. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, this is Stacey H. from Virginia, and these are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one but, o- there is 
But one ultimate authority, a loving God, is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups and OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, the curious message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Stacy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 42, the second paragraph, then they outlined, ending with, as in fact it proved to be, that one paragraph only. And I will ask Dara L. to begin reading. Great. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. Then they outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully. Though I had been only a nominal churchman, Their proposals were not intellectually hard to swallow, but the program of action, though entirely sensible, was pretty drastic. It meant I would have to throw several lifelong conceptions out the window. That was not easy, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved, as in fact it proved to be. Gosh, this is such a humbling paragraph to read um, so much here. But, you know, I think about the spiritual answer on the program of action. And, um, you know, by this point, right, it rests on the premise that I acknowledge to myself that I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And then if I acknowledge that, then, like, what is the spiritual answer, right? It's it's 
depth. It's the admission of powerlessness. It's the willingness to believe in something greater than myself. It's it's the the acknowledgement that, you know, my life run on self-will is painful for me and other people. I create havoc everywhere I go. And then it's all about getting unblocked from God or from a power greater than myself that I, I can believe in and, you know, creating a relationship with that power where that power flows through me. And I, I mean, that is an answer that I didn't even know I wanted or needed. And in fact, I remember before my last relapse, someone was sharing with me about spirituality and I like scoffed at them. I was like, oh, that's a bunch of BS spirituality. Like, oh, go somewhere, you know. But I, I'm so grateful that today that that is my answer. And I love the reminder that this is a process. You know, I, I might make up my mind, I might make a decision, but then my actions have to follow that decision. They have to live that decision out each and every day. And today I do feel like my bulimic condition has been relieved, but I also know that I, I don't know whether or not it has been relieved and arrested, you know, on a lifelong basis until I die. <laughs> I hope I hope to die with this disease rather than of this disease, which was the trajectory that I was headed on. Um, but yeah, like none of this stuff is hard to swallow and all of it is sensible and all of it is rooted in my own ideals, which I think is the, the whole point of the program is to get unblocked from the version of me that God wants me to be. And then I can be a person who loves myself and who loves other people and who looks in the mirror and instead of like a deep shame, you know, feeling eviscerated from the inside out, I feel grateful for the person that I am and the life that I'm living. And that's a miracle. You know, it is an answer and it's beautiful and the unfolding of it can be painful sometimes. And I think about how, you know, I used to read that part in the in the big book at the end, The Vision for You, that we read every day. And I thought it said for many years, you know, we trudged the road to happy destiny, like it was always a destination. But realizing that it's the road of happy destiny, like I'm here getting to do this beautiful process each and every day. And each day I get blocked from God. And each day I, I have an invitation to sort of undo undo that blockage through spiritual alignment and working with others. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful to be here and I'm grateful um, that, it, you know, that I, I know today the actions that are going to align me with God, and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dara, for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this um, second paragraph? On Tina page S. Two? This is Larry Tina J. Okay. Janelle P.M. Okay. Rena L. Susan S.H. Cindy C. Rachel K. Okay. Um, who was after Susan S.H.? Danielle O. Okay. Let's, let me tell you who I have. And please, if you said your name and I don't list it, please let me know. Tina S., Larry K., Janice P.M., Rena L., Susan S.H., Danielle O., and Rachel K. Did I miss someone? Amazing. Okay, well, let's go with that group then. Tina S., please, followed by Larry K. 
Thanks so much, Katie TNS, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great leap. Uh, you know, ditto, ditto, ditto. Um, and also, what a great paragraph. What I, what I, every time I read this, you know, I, I, the first sentence really stands out for me. They outlined the spiritual answer and program of action, which a hundred of them had followed successfully followed successfully <laughs> you know that's the the main thing that attracts me in this paragraph you know if I follow something successful before I got here I wasn't you know I followed things successfully if I was good at it but if I wasn't I stopped you know those are the way those are the habits or behaviors I had prior to coming into the rooms and then then when I got here you know I still did that same stuff you know because they told me that the same person will eat again will drink again so I had to be somebody different and then I, I was you know some, somebody was brought into my life that had done this work you know they had done this work and um and and they had to throw out you know several lifelong conceptions and, and, and I, you know, I didn't really want to do that because I thought, you know, I had some really good stuff going on there, but not so much because if I did, I wouldn't still be in the food day after day after day and in the misery day after day after day, you know, and, and then it says, but the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process and what, and what a process, the transformation that comes about through the 12 steps. I am no longer that same person. You know, I let a God in my life today run my life. You know, I suit up and I show up and I be that person that I always wanted to be but could never be. You know, and today, one day at a time, I'm free. I am free. I had, I had the curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved as in fact it proved to be one day at a time for me. What am I doing today for my recovery? What am I doing today to help somebody else? What am I doing for the sick man today? You know, and not so much about Tina. You know, and bottom line, and I have to say this for myself, number one, I have to be free from my alcoholic food before I'm willing to do anything. If I'm in those foods, I'm not too much about anybody but me. You know, and so today I have that freedom. You know, I wake up in the morning, I ask God to keep me sober, abstinent, and sane, and I know when I do, he does. And then, as in fact, it's proved to be one day at a time, I can be free. But that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Hey, Katie, good morning. Uh, This is Larry Kay, recovered from Chicago. Thanks for your service. yeah, so I'm going to focus on um, this this notion, uh, you know, of it, it meant that I would have to throw out several lifelong conceptions out the window. You know, if you take care of yourself and you don't depend much on other people, you're self-sufficient. And so one of the conceptions that I had to throw out and I fought with this is self-sufficiency versus God-sufficiency. Because it seemed to be a fact that self-sufficiency is one of the greatest feelings in the world, you know, because it, it takes courage to stand out of the crowd and be unique and also being self-sufficient increases our worth and our self-esteem, you know, that sort of independence, that sense of self-efficacy that you can accomplish things, right? And not only this, but self-sufficiency gives us extra time for ourselves that, that can be utilized for some other productive work. So it's a good thing. You know, my mom's mom, my grandmother, died at 52 years of age from cancer. and I, Too early, right? Or maybe just on time. I don't know. But, but it was early. And, and this was my mom's rock. And I mention this in relation to this paragraph because from that time on, my mom, I, I learned much later, she wanted to make sure that her two, three boys and 
and younger daughter were self-sufficient. And so we were washing clothes. We had a washing machine and a dryer, thank goodness. We learned how to wash clothes, I know for me, at, at 11 or 12. We learned how to make meals. I wasn't making any gourmet meals, but I could feed myself and make a meal at around the same age. I saw my other friends didn't, you know, weren't doing that necessarily, but it was just part of our lives. We vacuumed, we cleaned the house, we did all these things. We learned these things because my mom's greatest fear was that she was going to die early like her mother and that we would not be independent. We would not be able to be self-sufficient. And so this was ingrained in me, and there's nothing wrong with it. But it made it much more difficult, see, because mom wanted to ensure that we were self-sufficient, and we were, and it, and we, it built up that sense of independence. But then when I'm confronted with this disease, and now we're talking about moving from self-sufficiency to God-sufficiency, to higher power sufficiency, it was a real struggle for me. I don't know about you, but it was a tremendous struggle for me. And today, what I can tell you is that, um, is that I make that transition that yes, I can still do lots of things. God, God's, God has given me the ability to do lots of things for myself. I have social agency. I can do these things. But the reality is, is in the midst of that, there are, I still hold God close. And God is enough. God will help me with certain things, many things. God will do for me what I cannot do for myself. And I needed to throw that other, that other conception out the window. Time. So I hope that helps with that. I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Janice P.M., you're up, followed by Rena L. And thank you so much, Katie F., and thank you for leading this meeting with us. My name is Janice P.M., and um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. To me, when I read this, <clears throat> I didn't get it right away, but the message that I hear is the simplicity of the message because it says, then they, well, then have to come after something. So this is teaching me how to do a 12-step call, how to, do it, how to start with the sponsee. Because I don't go right in and say, oh, you know, this is what we have to do, the 12 steps, I'm going to outline it, blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what we do. As a, as a sponsor, the first thing they're telling me to do is then. That means after talking to the uh, new, new person, um, in this case it was Fred, um, that, that he's got a problem, like me. I had the problem. But I had to tell them my experience, what the problem was. That's then after I tell the problem. Uh, because you can't have a solution unless you know the problem. So I'm going to tell them about, you know, like they've been doing with Fred. You have an alcoholic mind. You cannot change this. This is called our obsession. I always thought in my experience that I could change my mind. But I found out that I couldn't because it took me years, decades, to find out after trying so many things that I could not. So therefore, I had to be convinced so this is what they're talking about. That they're recovered. They're, they're not just out there because they put the food down. They are recovered alcoholics like we have to be, I have to be, a recovered compulsive overeater first to know the problem. Because <laughs> I can't give them the, the answer, the spiritual answer, until I knew the problem. So this is what they're doing. 
they're, they're telling us that after, after that spread or that you are convinced that you can't do this yourself, which I was convinced, I tried and tried, as we said, and many of us have tried, then, then we can give you the spiritual answer because the answer is not in the food. It's not in a food plan. It's not in a sponsor. It's not, not in the right meeting. It's not in the right leader. It's in a spiritual form. Now, the spiritual refers not to the body. That's so important. Because when I came into OA, 1982, I mean, okay, this is a food plan. You must have this. You might just do it this way. You must not have this. That's fine. We have to have that. We have to be abstinent. But that's not the, that's not the answer. That's not the problem. So we have to have the answer is going to be spiritual, which means, which means it's got to be some codes of conduct. We have to practice. We have to do. That's what it means. The actions. Sure. And um, the codes of conduct, one, of course, is the first one of honesty. So those those are going to outline, you know, very briefly. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Okay. Um, and next we will have Rena L. followed by Susan S.H. Thank you. Hi, this is Rena L., uh, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Anorexic in Ohio. Good morning, everyone. I, um, I was thinking during the reading when it said, um, when it said um, the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process, I always thought for years that once I made up my mind that I wanted to stop, that that would be sufficient. <laughs> and also that once I made up my mind to only do the things I wanted to do. And really, um, it's when I made up my mind to do the things that I, didn't, that I would have thought to do on my own, that's for sure. And that started with, and that's the lifelong conception from God, the idea of God, even the word God, <laughs> about food, about exercise, about what even spirituality um, the idea that I should be able to eat or at least diet like a normal person, all those lifelong conceptions that I was so sure about needed to shift. And to me, the willingness to shift, the willingness to take action that I don't want to do is the most spiritual thing I do. It requires a total shift, and that is the spirituality for me. And it certainly requires um, letting go and a relationship with a power that is greater than me, smarter than me, bigger than me, more powerful than me. <laughs> um, so I'm grateful for today to be willing to uh, make up my mind to go through with the process today. Last night I was talking to my love and step partner and I was saying, I'm afraid of relapse. I'm afraid of relapse. And she said, you know, your recovery isn't your business. All you do is do what you're doing one day at a time. So um, I'm grateful that I heard that last night. I'll keep coming back. Thanks. Thank you so much, Rena. Um, Susan S.H., you're up, followed by Daniel O. Danielle O. Thank you. This is Susan S.H. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio, St. Mary's, Ohio. Um, I, the, the statement it meant I would have to throw out several lifelong conceptions out the window also really stood out to me. I kind of had that <laughs> experience again last weekend. Um, and I still find myself grabbing the old lifelong conceptions sometimes in a pinch. That uh, conception that a sudden problem, that I have to attack it head on and immediately, and I have to fix it. 
So I used that old response to an issue that came up um, in relation to my intergroup duties on Saturday. Fear was large. It involved math and patience, and I got it so messed up that it, <laughs> yeah, it came to me. Every single problem can be taken to a higher power, must be taken to a higher power. And so I humbly admitted my wrongs. I admitted my resentments that came up with it and, and my selfishness and all of those things that make me human. And it was, it, was, it was solvable, but it wasn't solvable by just my knowledge and my smarts and my pushing through it. It was solvable by asking a higher power into it with me. Um, and I just, I, I, these things come up and it's a new thing for me to accept my humanness as I know my higher power accepts my humanness to love myself as imperfect as I am and to keep turning to a higher power. So, um, yeah, it's been one of those God moments again and I have them, and they are just blessings that I couldn't have imagined before now. So, uh, yeah, so grateful to be walking this uh, <laughs> the road of happy destiny, staying in happy usefulness, and uh, I'm grateful for where I am today. And, yeah, that is all I have to share. I pass. Thank you, Susan. And Daniel o, Danielle O., you're up, followed by Rachel K. Good morning, everyone. My name is Danielle O from Northern New York. Uh, thank you, everybody, for being here and um, helping me a day at a time. I love the, this part of the book where it really has to examine some of the things that I brought in, I bring to the table. And I used to think that, you know, I, I had myself together pretty well. I, you know, I, I had a lot of things. I, but one thing I didn't have was uh, a good relationship with food, nor did I have a good relationship with the God of my understanding, those changed over time, but it was it was a matter of really letting go of um, some of the things that I thought were going to help me to survive. And after a while in, in this program, I, I recognized that it wasn't about surviving, but about living. And I didn't know how to live very well for a long time. And when I get abstinent, it's very clear that I wasn't doing such a great job. But uh, the God of my understanding is so beautiful and wonderful that he keeps showing me things. And I I look at my conceptions and I think that, you know, everything that I, I believe, everything that I thought was going to work needs to be set aside to allow him to get greater in my life. And that continues to happen. And it happens in, in a lot of places that I, I think, no, I got this, and I really don't. And as long as I keep putting him first, keep putting him ahead of all things, I recognize where my part is. I, I love this paragraph. I love the big book. I love there's, a, there's so many things to learn about myself, and I continue to have that happen. Every day is a new day, and abstinent or cleaning. I like that part where someone was previous saying about how to stand up and, and look upright and look straight people in the eye. Those are the things that... Um, don't happen when I'm in the food. All I feel is remorse and 
shame and guilt for all the things that I, I can't seem to stop. I am a compulsive overeater. I recognize that every single day. Uh, I need help, and I find it here. I love being on this meeting in the morning. I don't always share, but I, I, I'm often listening. And that's what I need to do. I'm, I'm just 20 days in, and I love the transformation and the, new, the renewing of my heart, the renewing of my mind that happens. And I'm just grateful and glad to be here this morning. Thank you, everyone, for, for being a part of my abstinence today. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Danielle. And next we have Rachel Kay. But before you get started, let me um, remind everyone that we're on page 42, the second paragraph. Then they outline the spiritual answer. And uh, just reading that one paragraph, and we'll ask for more people after Rachel Kay. Hi, this is Rachel Kay, um, recovered compulsive overeater from the great state of Indiana. Yeah, gosh, this paragraph has so much good stuff in it. Um, the thing that sticks out to me is that he says uh, uh, the program back to no entirely sensible was pretty drastic. Yeah, drastic. I mean, this is a pretty drastic way of living, at least for me. I mean, I especially when I first got abstinent and got recovered. I mean, I moved across the country. I did a good geographic. Um, I went to an in-person meeting every day. I, um, you know, I took drastic measures, but why not? I mean, what is it? Drastic times call for drastic measures. It was pretty drastic times, you know, dumpster diving, fired from my job, um, no friends, you know, no life, you know, gutter compulsive overeater. Um, yeah, I think that calls for pretty drastic measures. Um, but I'm not going to be willing to do those in, unless I completely surrender. And, um, and, and it talks about surrender here when he when Fred talks about the moment I made up my mind to go through with the process. To me, that whole sentence, what he's saying is I, I surrender. You know, I can't make up my mind to put down the food. You know, I've learned that, yeah, my mind is, I, you know, a sick mind cannot heal a sick mind. I can't make up my mind just not to overeat. But I can make up my mind to go through with this drastic program of action. Um, that, that, to me, is surrender. Surrender is an act. Surrender sounds so passive. You know, I wave the white flag. Well, yeah, but... It's an action of waving. It's an action of going through these steps. You know, that's what step three is, decision to do the rest of the steps and to turn my will and my life, my thoughts and my actions over to God. And when he talks about, you know, several throwing several lifelong perceptions out of the window, I continue to do that. I just did a 10-step before this call this morning where I realized I have a belief that is no longer serving me, that I've believed all my life. And I was like, you know what? Maybe that's, maybe that's not true. <laughs> like maybe the way that I've lived for 52 years, like maybe I, I need to challenge that. Um, that's amazing, you know, that I'm, but that's the miracle of this program is that I can continue to, to live and grow. By the grace of God, I haven't had to pick up the food or, binge for, you know, or pick up my alcoholic food for over two decades now, but yet, 
you know, I still, in so many ways, I'm still a newcomer. In so many ways, I'm like, wow, I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. I need to throw that old, you know, held conception out the window. So thank God for this program. Thank God for this call. Thanks for uh, everybody doing service here. And I pass. Thank you so much, Rachel. Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you hold back if you shared on Monday or Friday. And uh, who else would like to share? Ken W. Savannah G. from Boston. Sarah R. from New York. Okay. Um, Barbara. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard Ken WH, Savannah J, I think it was, Katie G, Sarah R, I believe, and a Barbara. Who else? Uh, Blanca BG. Blanca BG. Anne Marie K. Anne Marie K. Yes, thank you. Okay, I actually heard you first. Okay, Haya P. I don't know how to spell that, but um, Shanna C. And Shanna C. Okay, let's stop there. Let's see, we have 22 minutes. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So, we'll see if we can get everybody in. Ken W. H., Savannah J., Katie G., Sarah R., Barbara, please give me your initial, Blanca B. G., Anne Marie K., Haya P., and Shanna C. Go ahead, Ken WH. Good morning. Thank you. This is Ken WH, Recover Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina. <clears throat> um, not sure where I want to go with this, and I'll try to be brief. Uh, the paragraph before talked about having uh, the, the, having all of the uh, reality heaped on. Uh, this person said they heaped on, they piled on me heaps of evidence to the effect uh, that an alcoholic uh, mentality uh, was a helpless and hopeless situation. And um, I know that. I know that in my head. Um, my heart is the toughest place to find uh, and still today. And I'm still working with this, and I'm still working with my relationship to the God of my understanding and knowing fully well full well that that uh, my god is the solution uh, my god is my relationship to god is the is the answer um nothing else nothing else uh will do it not even my making up my mind <laughs> i made up my mind a whole lot and um uh, and proceeded immediately to make up my mind to do something else uh, that's what my brain wants to do. That's what my illness wants to do. Uh, God has something else in store for me, and I'm, I'm not even sure exactly all that it is. I know that it is the best for me. I know that it is uh, healthy, uh, what God wants for me. God wants me to be the best that I can be. Um, and I'm not fully sure what that is anymore, but I'm uh, beginning a, a process now of, uh, working through the steps on my relationship with God. What is it that stands in the way for me to get just closer, to get more at peace, 
with with who my God is and who I am in relationship to my God. Um, this is what the program has led me to understand and believe. Um, uh, power, this is we're still step oneing here. <laughs> step one, starting into step two, and um, step one is fundamental and critical in in all aspects. And I have to do. I do have to surrender to the reality that I have a whole lot of uh, crazy and have had a whole lot of crazy ideas about myself, who I was and what I thought I was and what I thought I could be. Um, today, um, I just stretch out, lay down on the grass, stretch out my arms, and say, "God, have at it. Uh, you're, you're Lord, and uh, help me." <laughs> Help me just clear away uh, all that stuff that is it, that is standing before me and you that gets in the way, that doesn't let me see you for who you are and me for who I am in you. So um, that's that's where I am. I Thanks for letting me share. Bye. Thank you, Ken. Okay, Savannah J., you're up, followed by Katie G. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Savannah G., um, from Pennsylvania, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, this paragraph is is really was is life changing. Even though it's life changing, it, it was it was not easy for me. It was not easy for me. I had God in my life, but he was I kept God at bay. And when I kept God at bay, it meant that I still could I was still God in charge of my life. And that's and that's the way I was really in the program doing that. I was really doing that um, just. But what had happened was I was pushed up against the wall with a health issue and the desperation just took over. And it meant that I was going to have to uh, get off the throne. I uh, really had to surrender. And surrender is really, 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 really hard, was really, really hard for me to do and and then to have to go through all the steps not just like up to you know five or six uh, and stop and then that's what my pattern was um and i never fully got recovered but then when that health issue hit me the way that it did it really uh changed everything for me uh it still was not easy you mean i have to go pack it was asking me to go back and uh have to go uh, pay back large sums of money and uh, you know, make amends to people I don't want to make amends to, and all all the hard stuff. All and then I and then I have to also meditate in the morning to get this thing. Um, I'm already a spiritual person, but I was I was not in practice a spirit doing the meditation and the things. Um, you know, upon awakening and 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 those sorts of things, I wasn't doing any of that. In other words, I was working a very convenient program. Um, convenient for me and as long as I was running the show everything was good but it wasn't good so um you know it hasn't been easy but boy I'll tell you I'm so glad I'm on the other side of the 12 steps meaning I did them all and did what I was supposed to do and I continue to do what I'm supposed to do even when I don't want to do it like I I still to this day do not want to make outreach calls that still bothers me I'm still bothered by having to make outreach calls, but I've learned to do the uncomfortable thing because I know that my recovery depends upon it and I will do whatever it takes. Even after 23 months of good recovery, 
I'm still bothered by things I don't want to have to do, but I do them because I, I'm just a, have been a very, for a long time, a very rebellious person. Uh, I just am. It's in my nature and I have to deal with that. And, and, it, and the spiritual solution does give me, uh, you know, a, a way to work with that type of rebellion that I have. So, um, yeah, well, thanks for letting me share and pass. Okay, thank you so much, Savannah. And Katie G, you're up, followed by Sarah R. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for taking the meeting. This is Katie G. I'm recovered from exercise bulimia and compulsive eating or anorexia in Boston. You know, ever since I was a little girl, I felt empty on the inside. And so I I started trying to become someone that I thought you wanted to be. And for me, the biggest principle is that I have to be honest. I have to be honest because I'll tell you what, like I've been in recovery and I thought that the spiritual answer, so just God would help me. I thought that just a program of action would help me. And this big book, is sensible it does make sense and that's the problem because for me it was really easy to lie and to say what i thought you all wanted me to say as a recovered woman while i was lying and there was nothing worse than that feeling of not having god and knowing in your dna that you're the reason and being so afraid that if you don't love me, I'm not going to be okay. So I have to perform and bend and manipulate. But the thing is, I'm the one that suffered. And I'll tell you what, you know, the first time I went to my sponsor and she said she was she was my, my one of my besties for years and she said, this is how I work my program. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> And then I went and did what I wanted to do, because who are you? And that month was miserable. And then I went back to her and I was like, please, I don't know how to get from one meal to another. I don't know how to be be present with my children. I don't know how to stop forcing myself to get on the scale. I'm going to tell you what, something happened when I finally got honest. And today, when I live every ounce of my energy with honesty, I do feel God. I remember being outside and calling someone when I had just put down exercise, and I was so hopeless and scared, but I felt connected because I knew in my DNA, like, I know when I'm lying. I know what I'm not supposed to be doing. I know when I'm not in alignment with God. And I'm so grateful that I get to be alive today and show up for this life because I get to be honest. And when I'm honest, the light of God shines through to me into all the blessings in my life. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Okay, Sarah R., you're up, followed by Barbara G. Uh, 
Um, good morning, everyone, and thanks, everyone, for your service. Such a great meeting. Um, okay, so what's coming up for me is some of the folks on here were talking about the scarcity mindset, um, the scarcity mindset meaning that um, things could only go one way for if, there's, if something happens, everything is going to be a calamity because there's no way to fix this and just focusing on that one thing, for instance, you know, is it, it like if let's say I'm stuck in a situation, well, you know, being in program and, and following through with the higher power saga means that, okay, sometimes things won't work out and, and I get to have tools and I get to be okay, you know. Um, there's so many things in life that were really chaining me down, for lack of a better word, but because I, 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 I suit up and I show up, and I'm, I'm learning very slowly just some life skills, right? If someone wants to be a lawyer or a doctor or become a real estate agent, they just go to school or they take a course. But, you know, I kind of missed out on that schooling growing up. But the good thing is, as an adult, um, I get to choose and I get to be how a, a life that's worth living. Um, and this concept of that I'm not good enough. So that that story was was rolling in my head 32 seasons straight. I'm not good enough. So because I'm not good enough, and I, I, I had this breakthrough last week, that's why I have to show up and be better than everyone else and be perfect at everything I do. And this level of perfection was, was not even capable. But now that I, I, I've, thank God to my higher power, I don't have to be good enough. I could just be. And, and that's, that for me is the miracle of recovery because so many things in my life have opened up and I could be present, right? I don't have to, you know, hate myself for gaining so much weight after two years of starving myself and not eating. So I don't have to hate myself obsess about becoming back to that, whatever that person was during the starvation years. I don't have to worry about, you know, in school having the best GPA or at work just being the best. And even more so, I don't have to worry about having people like me for so long. I was never good enough and I, I, I needed everybody to like me um, because if not, then I really am not good enough. And, um, you know, I'm so happy and, and I'm, I'm so grateful and like, this this program has saved my life for the reason is that I get to live one. You know, I feel like I got I got a associates in small life living. But the most important thing is one step at a time. time and when please. chaotic Yep, I got that. When chaotic things happen and I don't only have to think one way. Thank you so much. I hope you all have a great day. And with that I pass. Thank you. Sarah R. So Barbara G, you're up, followed by Blanca BG. Thank you, Katie. Hi, my name is Barbara G, and I'm calling from Paris, France. And uh, I'm so grateful to all of you. Uh, I was so uh, thrilled when I heard the topic today because these days I am working on uh, the spiritual answer of our program. Uh, after uh, having gone back to steps one, two, and three over a situation in my life that showed up a few weeks ago that really made my life unmanageable. 
I was invited by my sponsor to uh, do some reading and writing on the spiritual aspect of our program because, um, because yes, that is what will solve all my problems. And uh, I like the paragraph today. I really find it very, very soothing um, to read the, the pretty drastic uh, characteristic of our program of action. Why do I find it comfortable and soothing today? Because by experience, I know what comes after. At the beginning, uh, the idea of going to a certain number of meetings every day, the idea of having to uh, having a food plan uh, to wait and measure my food because that's what I do, or to put recovery first, to put my sponsors and helping others first were things that really um, scared me. Um, but today, I know I've gone through periods where my insanity was uh, heating, was uh, likely to heat a certain point that I knew that what I needed to do was turning to helping others rather than thinking about myself and I know it's a it's for the linear for the rational mind that's like a paradox and a contradiction but for the spiritual world of the spirit that's how things work and uh, I feel so privileged this morning I had a sponsor at my place we worked on steps one two and three and then I had another few calls to another sponsor to my sponsor and it's almost 2 p.m here and I haven't started working yet tomorrow I have a class I need to prepare it and what do I feel I feel total peace serenity and surrender because I know that I uh, I am not running the show and um so, uh, yes, I do bear with the line that uh, ends the paragraph that I had a curious feeling that my alcoholic condition was relieved. And does that last forever? No, I have to do this every day. And I know that this is a condition that lasts just for these 24 hours. So for today, I am extremely grateful and I'm going to make the most of this. Thanks to you all that helped me work this program. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Blanca BG, you're up. And we have five minutes and we have four people. So I'm afraid that a couple of you will have to wait until the second hour, but we have Blanca BG followed by Anne Marie Kay. Blanca, star one. Can I be heard? Now you can. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you, everybody. Thank you for your service. I'll be brief. Um, I really um, related to what um, Larry said, uh, you know, though my situation was slightly different. Uh, it wasn't a situation of where my mom, you know, taught us how to cook and clean and do all those things early, uh, which I wish she had. But um, uh, with me, it was the fact that uh, putting trusting, you know, because of the fact that my dad had walked out on us when we were very young, he just left my mom. Uh, you know, I had a, that was it for me. I just didn't forget about depending on any human being. And that's what that, the effect that had to did to me. And then when I came to OA and not only did I have to find a higher power, <laughs> I had to rely on a higher power. And this was, very, very difficult coming from someone who was, was, uh, did not trust 
uh, lost my trust in in just about everything and certainly people. So that was really a very, very difficult thing for me. And I just wanted to say, you know, what we're, it's a big, it's a big uh, task we're asked to do in a way to rely on a higher power, to rely, to, to go on faith, to go on faith has been by far the most challenging thing that when things get tough to just gather my faith and, and to rely on something I can't see, I can't see, I can't, physically see this entity that I'm supposed to be having all my faith in. Um, so, you know, that, that's, therein lies the challenge, but I continue, I do believe in my higher power and I work on my faith every day and, and will continue to do so with the help of this program. I pass. Thank you so much, Blanca. Okay. Anne-Marie Kay, you're up. And if there's time, high a P. But we only have two minutes, so, yeah. Anne-Marie Kay? <coughs> Hello, Anne-Marie Kay. I'm sorry. I thought I was all muted. Um, I'm so grateful to be here. We covered in Pennsylvania for the grace of this program. And I'm so glad I didn't get to share earlier because... Uh, Truly, I needed to um, hear what was said today. This reading, to me, the part about I meant I would have to throw away several lifelong conceptions out the window, um, that was definitely not easy for me. I came into program 30 years ago, and I'll be 70 in February, and by the grace of God and final, the gift of desperation was finally brought to my knees 15 months ago, and I surrendered. And I had to do this. I had to throw away those lifelong conceptions. I heard myself speaking to all of you today. And uh, at seven years old, I lost, within a year, I lost both my parents. So I had a huge abandonment issues. And I learned how to be a people pleaser. And uh, I learned how to lie because I didn't want to be abandoned again. And what ended up I found out was I lived on that whole thing on page 58 when I came in here 30 some years ago. And I saw the people that were incapable of being honest with themselves. That was me. I thought I was unique. I wasn't really ready to go to any life, but I certainly wasn't going to give it over to God because I had no conception really of what God was. Although I was brought up in religious training and parochial school, it didn't mean anything. So each time today, by the grace of this program, when I finally got to and listened and surrendered to my wonderful sponsor who said, you have to do it this way. These are my, if you want me to be your sponsor, this is what you need to do. And I was willing to say, shut up, Anne and listen. And do it. And each time today I can remember I'm not alone. I'm not in charge of running anything. I can trust today. I have a higher power that I know. It's, it's second nature to me now. Each day it gets stronger to remember, hey, this day, what do I do next? Give me the direction I need. And that helps me as I work this program. You know, I have to do all the parts of it. Not just one. I have to be a sponsor. Because being a sponsor keeps me, you know, keeps it together for me. And I don't have to live in fear and selfishness anymore. This gift of desperation is really, really a wonderful gift when we finally hit that bottom. And I am so grateful today for all of you here, for all the meetings that I get to for the people that, that I see in meetings repeatedly reminding me that I am not alone, but I've never been alone. I just didn't realize that my higher power was always there with me. 
and today he's in charge. So I'm going to say thank you to all of you. Have a great day unless you made other plans, and I'm out. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie Kay. And I'm sorry, Haya P. and Shanna C., you did not get your turn, but um, hopefully you can stick around for the second hour. Um, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, November 15th, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,641. That's 19641. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S., recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past, of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.